Well, hey there, Thrive Church family. Good to have you with us today. Uh, before we dive into the message today, I do want to mention, uh, if you'd like to be a part of a connect group, we'll be starting those up here in the next couple of weeks. Go to thriveglendor.org and uh, click on the connect connect group tab, and you can fill out an information form, uh, and we'll, we'll get you connected just as soon as those get rolling. And if you'd like to host a group, there's also an opportunity for you to do that on that same form. Just indicate that you'd like to host a group. We actually have a training coming up this coming Thursday night, and we'd love for you to be a part of that. So let us know if you're interested in hosting, and we'll be in contact with more information. Uh, I want to invite you today to turn in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 40, uh, verses 28 through 31, and really want to bring a message of encouragement today. I actually had intended to start a new series uh, today, and there's just moments where the Lord will interrupt uh, our plans and my plans and and say, no, that's not what uh, the word I want to bring to the congregation today. So next Sunday, we'll be kicking off a new series uh, focused around the fruit of the Spirit and life uh, life in the Spirit, living a, a, a life that is really rooted in the Spirit of God and led by the Spirit of God. So that's next Sunday. Please make sure to join us for that. But here's what was stirring in my heart as I was just really wrestling, and, and it, it truly was a, a spiritual and just kind of a soul wrestling with the Lord this week as I was preparing. I just didn't have a peace about just diving into this next series. And and here's here's what I just sensed from the Lord, that so many of you are weary and tired and struggling. In fact, over the course of this last week, uh, I've had a, f- a few opportunities to connect with people, and then others in our leadership team and our pastoral team have connected with some of you and, and others even beyond our congregation and, and have heard just reports of people struggling with health, people struggling with uh, discouragement, uh, people struggling with fear and uncertainty, uh, f- for some struggling with grief and loss, uh, broken relationships. These are just all things that, that, that we're just really at the forefront of uh, some of the reports that we were hearing this week about where people are. And I didn't want to just move on to the next thing without stopping and, and allowing the Lord to bring some encouragement. And maybe as you watch this today or listen to this message, maybe you're in a good place. Maybe things are going well for you. And if that's the case, praise the Lord. Thank you for that. And thank you, Jesus, for that. But I want to encourage if that's you, my encouragement would be this. Pray. Don't don't tune out. Don't don't say, well, that's not a message for me today. Would you turn your heart to prayer? And would you intercede for those that are hurting and for those that are struggling? And if you're in that place where you, you're one of those, you would say, Pastor Barry, uh, things aren't going great. Things are difficult. Things are hard right now. And I am struggling. My invitation to you today would be to receive from the Lord. Uh, a word of encouragement that I believe is is from his heart to you today. And so uh, I'm going to pray and uh, and then we'll turn to the word of God. So Lord, we come before you today and we're so thankful that you are the God who hears, the God who sees, the God who knows, the God who cares, the God who loves, a God of compassion and, and all comfort, as your word says. And so, Father, I pray for every person who's hearing this message today, who is in a difficult place, 
who is struggling in whatever form that takes on, God, that you would meet them today, that you would invade their reality, you would invade what, whatever it is that is a part of their circumstances and that they would receive your encouragement today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. In Isaiah chapter 40, we have a passage of scripture written by the prophet Isaiah, but inspired by, by God himself. It's Isaiah who, as one of the prophets of Israel, communicates the heart of God to God's people, to, to Israel. And Israel had high highs and low lows. They had moments of incredible victory and, and moments of tragic defeat in their history and, and moments as a nation where they struggled to, to, to move forward, where they, they made huge mistakes uh, and there, and so there were things that that caused issues from from inside internally, and then there were things externally. There were other nations and 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 peoples that would come against them and attack them and and try and destroy them. And and so in the midst of these highs and lows, God would send His this, these prophets, these prophetic voices, to bring encouragement and to bring correction and 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 to convey His heart to his people. And so Isaiah chapter 40 is one of these passages. And and in fact, we're going to read a, a small portion of Isaiah 40, just a few verses, but it's worth reading the whole thing because the whole chapter of Isaiah 40 is really a word of encouragement from God to his people. And not just to Israel, but to us as well. And so I'm going to read this this portion of scripture out of Isaiah 40, starting in verse 28. Uh, and and would you just would you allow the spirit of God to to minister to you as I read this? This is what it says in Isaiah forty twenty eight. Do you not know, and have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the Creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and His understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Maybe you've heard this passage of scripture before. I know in my lifetime as one who's excuse me, who's grown up in the church. I, I've heard this passage preached on. I've heard songs sung about this passage. I've, uh, in fact, I used to have a Bible cover, a zipper Bible cover on my, my study Bible as a teenager. And, and this passage was embroidered onto the outside of that Bible cover. And it was one that I got to read every time I would open my Bible. It would be that reminder but but this is an encouraging this is a, this is a, a part of scripture that that really uplifts even even as the writer here as, as Isaiah writes that that we would be uplifted like on eagles wings and it's a beautiful picture and i want to spend a few moments today just unpacking a little bit of of god's heart behind this passage. What is it that the Lord would want to speak to us today in our circumstances, in your circumstance, no matter what it is that you're going through? What would it what it would would it be that God would want to speak to you to deposit into your life today? And so I want to I'm going to just go through it kind of verse by verse and then we'll visit a couple other passages today. And so so Isaiah starts out by saying this, do you not know? 
Do you not know? Have you not heard? You know, you ask that kind of question either because someone genuinely doesn't know or because they've forgotten. And, and that can be so often the case when it comes to uh, our trusting of God and, and our, our belief in, in the fact that God will be there for us, that he will come through, that God is in control. And of course, the enemy of our soul, Satan, wants to discourage us. He wants to steal and kill and destroy any hope, any joy, any peace, any of the things that, that would give us a solid footing in the Lord. He, he wants to, to shake those things up. And so Isaiah, in speaking to, to Israel and speaking to us, would say this, do you not know? Have you not heard? Remember this. What is it that we need to remember? That God is everlasting, that he is our creator, that he does not grow tired or weary, and, and that he, he has understanding beyond what we do, that he has complete understanding. So God is everlasting. That, that, that God doesn't fade, that he doesn't, he doesn't uh, fade away, that he doesn't, he doesn't kind of uh, become this, va- this vaporous cloud that is there sometimes and, and not others, that, that God is everlasting, that his presence is persistent, that his presence is always there. We, we use the word omnipresent and omniscient, that God knows everything and he is everywhere. And that just doesn't change, that he is everlasting from, from b- the beginning to the end, the alpha and the omega, omega that, he is, uh, that he is always gonna be there. He has always been there. He will always, always be there. He is everlasting, that he is our creator, who better to understand who we are and what we're going through than the one who formed us, the one who made us, the one who who knit us together in our mother's womb, that he is the creator, not just of our our, our beings, of our souls, but of, of all creation. And so he, he has this authority as the creator over the world and over our lives. And then Isaiah reminds us of this, that he does not grow tired or weary. That God does not get worn out, that God does not get to a place where he needs to take a break and go, hey, I'm, I, I've done too much, uh, I'm, not, I'm, not, uh, I'm gonna just kind of check out for a little bit. No, he is fully present in our lives. He doesn't grow tired and weary, that he's not, he's not like us in that regard, that he remains strong. And then he says, Isaiah says that, that he has complete understanding. His understanding we can't fathom. It just means that he has understanding beyond what we do. He sees what we cannot see. He knows what we do not know. And, and our circumstances we see through this narrow lens, through this narrow point of view. But God sees the whole picture. He knows exactly what's going on. This is such an important reminder for us. That God is not distant, he's not forgetful, he's not uncaring, and most of all, that God is not unkind, that he is a loving, caring God. I want to encourage you today, receive that from the Lord, that he is here for you, that he is present in your life to move, to encourage, to save, to bless, to do the things that he needs to do. And then I love the transition that that Isaiah makes. And he says, so here's this incredible God, this eternal God, this creator God, this all-knowing God, this, this incredible understanding God that we serve. And then he says this, this same God, he gives us strength 
He gives strength to the weary. He gives strength to the weary, and then he increases the power of the weak. He gives. This is so key. He gives. That God wants to lavish this. He wants to provide it. He wants to give it. That that there's no strings attached. That he is waiting to bless us. That he is waiting to pour out into our lives those things that we are in need of. If you're weary, he wants to strengthen you. If you're feeling weak, he wants to increase your power. Receive that promise from the Lord. That is a promise from the heart of God, from your heavenly Father to you. That he wants to, he wants to lift you up. That he wants to take you from the place where you are. And that he wants to set you on solid footing, on solid ground. And, you know, I think we can read passages like this and, and kind of wonder, well, that sounds good, but what does that look like? And there's something just really practical about how God moves in our lives. I think sometimes we, we think about spiritual things and, and we, honestly, we can overcomplicate them. We can overthink it. And there's this incredible reminder for us out of the book of First Kings uh, in the account of uh, the, the lives of these men and women who live with the Lord, all kinds of uh, stories that we can read about. But here we find the account of Elijah who, having just defeated the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel, and I've shared about this passage before, it's, a, it's one that, that resonates deeply for me. Uh, Elijah has had this incredible encounter, and he has defeated the prophets of Baal. Fire has come down from heaven, and he goes from this literal mountaintop experience to uh, Jezebel, the, the, the queen, threatening his life. And, and within, within a, a matter of a day or a couple of days, Elijah goes from this mountaintop to a place where he is depressed and running for his life. And in First Kings 19, 1 through 13, um, rather, I'll start in verse 3. It says this, Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. Now, remember, this is the man who just called down fire from heaven. I don't know if you've ever had a chance to do that. I certainly haven't. Uh, I had an opportunity to, to be in Israel and actually lead a devotion on Mount Carmel on that same place. And I got to tell you, I, I, I spoke out of God's word. I prayed, but no fire came down from heaven. Here's Elijah. He has seen the fire of God consume the altar and the sacrifice and, and, and seen this incredible display of the power of God. And now here we find him afraid and running for his life. Goes on to say, when he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there. And while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and he came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he laid down under the bush and fell asleep. Elijah was worn out. Physically, emotionally, spiritually, uh, the culture, everything. Everything had just gone really sideways. Now again, remember, he had just had an incredible victory. He had seen God move in a powerful way. 
But there was more to the story. There was a lot more going on behind the scenes. And so Elijah gets to this place and he cries out to God. I have never been at a place where, where I was that low that I would say to God, just take me now. It just, just caused, just take my life. But Elijah is at that point. He is at this low where he says, God, I've had enough. I have had enough. And maybe that's, that's where your heart is today. Maybe that's what you're feeling, where you're going, God, I can't do anymore. I've had enough. I've, I've hit my limit. I've hit my max. I, Elijah goes on to say, I, I'm no better than my ancestors. And he compares himself. He says, Lisa, I should be this guy. I should, should have all these things figured out. I'm not even better than the people that who've come before me. I'm just the same as all of them. And I think God would say, you're right. You're, 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 you're human. You're, you're fragile. You're, you're not perfect. But the way that God meets him in these next verses is so key. So you might be in that place where you're saying, God, I've had enough. You might be in a place where like, I just need to lay down and sleep. And that very well might be the thing that's needed. For Elijah, this is what happens. It says that he fell asleep and all at once, continuing in verse 5, all at once an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. And he looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. And he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. And the story goes on that ultimately he ends up walking for 40 days and 40 nights and he meets the Lord in the cave and it's the account of the, the, the fire and the earthquake and the wind. Uh, but it's, he hears the voice of the Lord in the, the quiet whisper. But I want to I wanna focus in on this little segment right here where in the midst of Elijah's brokenness, in the midst of the state that he's in, in this place where he is ready to, to give it up, to throw in the towel, to say, I've, I've had enough. The way that God meets him is just incredibly practical. He says to, to Elijah, eat. Eat some food, drink some water, and sleep, and get some rest. Can I just tell you, in the midst of everything happening in the world, in the midst of uh, everything that's happened over the last year, uh, in COVID and uh, the, just the, 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 the pandemic and changes, rapid changes in our, in our culture and our society and in politics and everything else that's going on, you might just be at a place where you're just worn out, especially as we move into a place where restrictions are lifting and people are moving about a lot more. And again, for some, you might be in a place where you're, you're fine with it and you're ready to go, but others might be struggling. Some of you today might be really struggling with how, how to reintegrate and going back to uh, some kind of normal. And I think what we do so often is we ignore the, the signs, the, the signals that our very being, our body, this body that has been created by God would give to us that let us know, hey, you're not doing okay and you need to take a break and you need some rest. It's just extremely 
practical. So don't ignore your body. Don't ignore your health. Don't ignore your emotions. Don't ignore your re- your need for rest. This this passage with Elijah is in scripture for a reason. It's a reminder to us that there are moments when we're at a low where God doesn't just say, hey, suck it up. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps and keep moving on. In fact, God says to him, the journey that's coming is going to require a lot from you. So don't just press on. And I think we have that as a culture. Just keep going. Just keep moving. Just just overcome. And we ignore the place for rest and for refreshing and for restoring. And so Elijah takes a nap, eats some food, drinks some water, takes another nap, eat some more food, and and God provides all of this for him because he knows what Elijah's needs are. Can I tell you, God knows what your needs are, and he's going to speak those to you, whether through his word, whether through the voice of someone in your life who cares about you, even through your body. He created, he formed your body, he, he created your emotions, your soul, your being. Listen to what God would be speaking to you, those, those signals, those things that God would be impressing to say, hey, there's, there's plenty of journey left, but in this moment, take time to rest. Take time to slow down and just get really practical. Here he has an opportunity as well. He, he just kind of opens his heart to the Lord and he says to the Lord, this is where I'm at. This is what's going on. And he gets very real and gets very honest. And God doesn't freak out and go, oh no, Elijah's lost it. He's gone off the deep end. He just, he just listens. God just listens to him in this moment and then just cares for him. Sometimes we just need to talk it out. And maybe you're in a place where you're struggling. Find someone to talk to. Talk it out. Get it out. Ask for help if you need help. Uh, and and our, our pastoral team, our leadership team, we'd love to be able to come alongside of you and bring that encouragement. If you don't have someone who's accessible right there with you, let us know. We'd love to just have the opportunity to, to talk to you, but sometimes you just need to talk it out. I have friends in my life where if when things are, are going tough, when I'm feeling discouraged, when I'm feeling like I don't have anything else to give, or I'm just stuck, that I can pick up the phone and go, hey, let's just chat. This is where I'm at. This is what's going on. Um, and, and they don't try and fix it for me. We all need friends in our lives. We need people in our lives who aren't the fix-it people. They just are ready to listen Sometimes we need to talk it out a little bit. Isaiah, rather, um, yeah, Isaiah goes on to say uh, in, in Isaiah 40, he says, you know, even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. Again, this passage, this, this word from God is in Scripture for a reason. What he's saying here is we're all susceptible and you might be doing good today and that's awesome. I praise God if you're in a place where you're feeling good and feeling strong. But the reality is all of us will come to seasons and places in our lives where we will hit the wall, where we will have the rug pulled out from us, where all of the metaphors, the wind will be taken out of our sails and, you know, we'll trip, we'll fall, we'll stumble, we'll struggle we'll be discouraged. We'll all have those seasons. And so Elijah says, even youths, even even those who are strong, even those who are limber, even those who don't have the aches and pains of, of age will grow tired and weary. And even young men 
will stumble and fall. We are all susceptible. No one is exempt. No one is immune. And that's not meant to be a discouragement. It's actually a blessing because it reminds us that we are all in need of the Lord, that we need his touch in our lives. We need his support. We need his strength in our lives, that we are not designed to go it alone, that we need him and we need each other. And so remember that. Remember that 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 those in those times where you're struggling, that it's not that you're a failure or that you're any different to anyone else. That that everyone, everyone will struggle. Everyone will have moments where they feel like they can't go on, where they have nothing left to give. And it's in those moments, as Paul says, the Apostle Paul says, it's in our weakness that his strength is made perfect. It's in our broken state where the power of God is realized in our lives to the greatest depths. And we have to cling to that. We have to remember that. Isaiah goes on to say, he says, but, but those Those who hope in the Lord, what will happen? They will renew their strength for those who will hope in the Lord. Now you will walk through, you may be walking through difficult things. And and as we walk through challenging times, we're aware of that. You can't not be aware of it. But there's this turning, this hoping for things to be resolved, for things to be turned around not in our own strength, not in our own power, but through the strength of the Lord. That when we hope in God, that when we believe that God is moving, that he is everlasting, that he is on our side, that he sees us, that he, he cares for us, that it rises up, that it wells up hope inside of us. And as he does, and as that happens, that our strength begins to be renewed. We turn our focus to the Lord, we cry out to him, we cling to him. Jesus says this in Matthew 11, it's another another perspective, another way of of seeing the same picture played out. And and this is the invitation of Jesus in Matthew 11, 28 through 30. He says this, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's a beautiful, beautiful invitation from Jesus. Say, come to me, all you, when you are weary and burdened, that same word, that same, that, that same word that I, Isaiah uses, that when you're weary, when you are worn out, when you are tired, when you have nothing left to give, Jesus is saying, come to me. Come to me and I will give you rest. Take my yoke. Let me shoulder that burden with you. Let me carry that with you. Let me alleviate that burden from your shoulders and I will give you rest. You will find rest for your souls, for every part of who you are. It's, again, a beautiful invitation from the heart of God, from Jesus himself to us to come to him. It says that, Jesus says that he is gentle and humble that he is gentle and humble. It's the same, the same posture we see with, with Elijah under that bush as he's sleeping, that the angel of the Lord comes and, and isn't harsh with him. There's a gentleness 
There's, there's just a gentleness to feeding someone, to bringing bread and water and saying, here, here's some nourishment for you. The same picture here with Jesus saying, I am gentle and humble, that I am not going to beat you up in your defeated state, in, your pla- in this place where you're struggling. I will meet you where you are, and I will care for you in that, in that moment. I will, I, will, I will gently and humbly wrap my arms around you and protect you and care for you. And as Jesus does, he says this promise that you will find rest for your souls. You hear the heart of God in this church. God wants to care for you. He wants to bring rest. He wants to bring encouragement. He wants to settle the anxiety and the stress. He doesn't just wipe it away. He doesn't just say, no, 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 you shouldn't be feeling that. You need, you need to, to have greater faith. He meets us where we are and says, I will walk this road with you so that you can move from where you are to where I've called you to be. So let's go back to Isaiah and, and finish this thought with, with Isaiah's final encouragement to, to the Israelites and to us. Isaiah finishes by saying this, that those who would hope in the Lord will renew their strength. And then he says this, that they will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. That, that as you come to the Lord, as you put your hope and your trust in him, as you rely on him, as you come in your broken state and you say, God, here's where I'm at that he will meet you, that he will care for you, that he will tend to you. And he doesn't just say, hey, I'm going to take you from there, and just immediately you will be running and soaring. I think there's a process that takes place. But that hope that wells up in us would lead us to a place where God says, my desire for you is that you will soar, that you will run, and that you will walk, and that there would be no weariness, that there would be no growing faint. And here's the thing, even if you get to a place again where there's weariness and you feel faint, that he will meet you again and again. And it's part of that patience and that humility and that gentleness that God brings to us. But what an amazing promise to us that God's desire is that you would be lifted up on eagles' wings, that you will soar. One of the things I love about eagles is that at a great height, their their eyes are designed to have incredible perspective. They can see the details on the ground. They can see those things. That, even as hunters, they will, they will see that rabbit or that fish or whatever it is that they're looking for. But they're, they're, they have the ability at that altitude to soar, to, to see, to have perspective, to have that freedom. And God says, I want to lift you up and I want to bring you to a place where you feel that freedom, where you feel that lifting, where you feel you have that incredible perspective that you would be able to run the race that God has for you and not grow weary, that you would be able to walk and not grow faint. Church, this is God's promise for you. And again, wherever you are today, whatever it is that you're walking through today, I want you to know that you are loved. You are, you are loved by God. I love you. Our, our pastoral team, our leadership we love you. We care about you. We're praying for you. We would love the opportunity to pray for you, to come alongside of you. Click that prayer button and, and, and let, us, let us know how we can pray. You can chat with someone right now and pray with them. Or if you want to send in an email and 
and let us know how we could be praying for you. We, we relish the opportunity to be able to pray for you. If you need someone to talk to, reach out. We love that opportunity as well. But know this, that God sees you. God cares about you. He wants to move on your behalf. He wants to bring the rest. He wants to bring the care. He wants to support you and strengthen you, no matter what it is that you're walking through. I'd love to pray with you as we close today. Father God, I ask in the mighty name of Jesus that you would meet each person, young and old. Father God, that you would touch their lives no matter what it is that they're walking through. God, I might not know, but you know. You see them and you understand what it is that they're facing in this moment. And so, Lord, I ask by your mighty hand that you would bring peace, that you would bring refreshing, Lord God, that you would bring rest, God, that you would bring healing. God, that you would bring restoration, Lord. We pray for for physical healing, Lord. We pray that relationships would be restored, Lord, that hope would be restored in relationships, Father God, that marriages would be restored, that relationships between parents and children would be repaired and, and renewed, Father God. God, I ask for those who would be struggling with, with doubt and depression, Lord God, Lord, that you would that you would intervene, God, that you would speak life. God, that the voice of the enemy would be silenced and that the voice of the Father would just ring through loud and clear, Father God. Lord, I pray for those who are experiencing and walking through grief and loss today. God, I pray that you would comfort them with all comfort, Lord God. I pray that you would shield them and be a guard around their hearts and their minds, Lord God, in in this difficult season that they would be walking through, Lord. God, I pray that as we trust you, as your word says, that you would lead us by still waters, by green pastures, Lord, into places of incredible refreshing, Lord. Lord, we pray, we lift each other up. Lord, we we thank you for the opportunity that we have as the body to come alongside one another and support each other in this way. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Church, you are loved. You are so incredibly loved. Praying for you, praying that you have an incredible week. We look forward to seeing you next time. God bless you.